irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. The Sapphire Planet. The International Space Station, also known as ISS, is a space station or a habitable artificial satellite in low Earth orbit. It is a modular structure whose first component was launched in 1998. Now, the largest artificial body in orbit, it often can be seen with the naked eye from Earth. The ISS consists of pressurized modules, external trusses, solar arrays, and other components. ISS components have been launched by American space shuttles as well as Russian Proton and Soyuz rockets. In 1984, the European Space Agency was invited to participate in space station Freedom. After the USSR dissolved, the United States and Russia merged Mir 2 and Freedom Together in 1993. The International Space Station serves as a microgravity and space environment research laboratory in which crew members conduct experiments in biology, human biology, physics, astronomy, meteorology, and other fields. The station is suited for the testing of spacecraft systems and equipment required for missions to the Moon and Mars. Since the arrival of Expedition 1 on November 2nd, 2000, the station has been continuously occupied for over 14 years, 
the longest continuous human presence in space. In 2010, the station surpassed the previous record of almost 10 years, held by Mir. The station is serviced by a variety of visiting spacecraft. Soyuz Progress, the Automated Transfer Vehicle, H-2 Transfer Vehicle, the Dragon, and Cygnus. It has been visited by astronauts and cosmonauts from 15 different nations. After the U.S. space shuttle program ended in 2011, Soyuz rockets became the only provider of transport for astronauts at the International Space Station, while the private company Dragon became the only provider of bulk cargo return to Earth services. This is because downmass capability of Soyuz capsules is very limited. The International Space Station program is a joint project among five participating space agencies. NASA, Roscosmos, JAXA, European Space Agency, and CSA. The ownership and the use of the space station is established by intergovernmental treaties and agreements. The station is divided into two sections. The Russian orbital segment, known as the ROS, and the United States orbital segment, which is known as the USOS, which is shared by many nations. The ISS maintains an orbit with an altitude between 330 kilometers, or 200 miles, and 435 kilometers, or 270 miles, by means of reboost maneuvers using the engines of the Sevesda module, or visiting spacecraft. It completes 15 and a half orbits per day. As of January 2014, the U.S. portion of the International Space Station was funded until the year 2024 and may operate until the year 2028. The Russian Federal Space Agency, Roscosmos, also known as RKA, has proposed using the ISS to commission modules for a new space station called OPSEC before the remainder of the ISS is deorbited. The Russian ISS program head, Alexei B. Krasnov, said in July 2014 that the Ukraine crisis is why Roscosmos has received no government approval to continue the station partnership beyond the year 2020. The International Space Station is the ninth space station to be inhabited by crews following the Soviet and later Russian Salyut, Almaz, and Mir stations, and the Skylab space station from the U.S. 
The purpose of the space stations is many, but according to the original memorandum of understanding between NASA and the Roscavios Cosmos, the International Space Station was intended to be a laboratory, observatory, and factory in low Earth orbit. It was also planned to provide transportation, maintenance, and act as a staging base for possible future missions to the Moon, Mars, and asteroids. In the year 2010, the United States National Space Policy, the International Space Station was given additional roles of serving commercial, diplomatic, and educational purposes. The ISS provides a platform to conduct scientific research, while small unmanned spacecraft can provide platforms for zero gravity and exposure to space. Space stations offer a long-term environment where studies can be performed potentially for decades, combined with ready access by human researchers over periods that exceed the capabilities of manned spacecraft. The station simplifies individual experiments by eliminating the need for separate rocket launches and research staff. The wide variety of research fields include astrobiology, astronomy, human research, including space medicine and life sciences, physical sciences, material sciences, space weather, and weather on Earth. scientists on Earth have access to the crew's data and can modify experiments or launch new ones, which are benefits generally unavailable on unmanned spacecraft. Crews fly expeditions of several months' duration, providing approximately 160 man-hours a week of labor with a crew of six. Kibo is intended to accelerate Japan's progress in science and technology, gain new knowledge, and apply it to such fields as industry and medicine. To detect dark matter and answer other fundamental questions about our universe, engineers and scientists from all over the world built the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer, or the AMS, which NASA compares to the Hubble telescope and says could not be accommodated on a free-flying satellite platform due in part to its power requirements and data bandwidth needs. On April 3, 2013, NASA scientists reported that hints of dark matter may have been detected by the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer. According to the scientists, the first results from the space-borne Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer confirm an unexplained excess of high-energy positrons in Earth-bound cosmic rays. 
the space environment is hostile to life. Unprotected presence in space is characterized by an intense radiation field, consisting primarily of protons and other subatomic charged particles from the solar wind, in addition to cosmic rays. There is also high vacuum, extreme temperatures, and microgravity. Some simple forms of life called extremophiles, including small invertebrates called tardigrades, can survive in this environment in an extremely dry state called desiccation. Medical research improves knowledge about the effects of long-term space exposure on the human body, including muscle atrophy, bone loss, and fluid shift. This data will be used to determine the, whether lengthy human spaceflight and space colonization are feasible. As of 2006, data on bone loss and muscular atrophy suggests that there will be a significant risk of fractures and movement problems if astronauts landed on a planet after a lengthy interplanetary cruise, such as the six-month interval required to travel to Mars. Medical studies are conducted aboard the ISS on behalf of the National Space Biomedical Research Institute. Prominent among these is the Advanced Diagnostic Ultrasound in Microgravity Study, in which astronauts perform ultrasound scans under the guidance of remote experts. The study considers the diagnosis and treatments of medical conditions in space. Usually, there is no physician on board the ISS, and the diagnosis of medical conditions is a challenge. It is anticipated that remotely guided ultrasound scans will have application on Earth in emergency and rural care situations where access to trained physicians is difficult. The Earth's gravity is only slightly weaker at the altitude of the ISS than at the surface. However, objects in orbit are in a continuous state of freefall, resulting in an apparent state of weightlessness. This perceived weightlessness is distributed by five separate effects. One. Drag from the residual atmosphere, where the space station enters the Earth's shadow, the main solar panels are rotated to minimize this aerodynamic drag, helping reduce orbital decay. 2. Vibration from movements of mechanical systems in the crew. 3. Actuation of onboard altitude control movement gyroscopes. Four. Thrusters firing for attitude or orbital changes. And five. 
gravity gradient effects, also known as tidal effects. Items at a different location within the ISS would, if not attached to the station, follow slightly different orbits. Being mechanically interconnected, however, these items experience small forces that keep the station moving as a rigid body. Researchers are investigating the effects of the station's near-weightless environment on the evolution, development, growth, and internal processes of plants and animals. In response to some of this data, NASA wants to investigate microgravity effects on the growth of three-dimensional human-like tissues and the unusual protein crystals that can be formed in space. The investigation of physics of fluids in microgravity will allow researchers to model the behavior of fluids better. Because fluids can be almost completely combined in microgravity, physicists investigate fluids that do not mix well on Earth. In addition, an examination of reactions that are slowed by low gravity and temperatures will give scientists a deeper understanding of superconductivity. The study of material science is an important space station research activity with the objective of reaping economic benefits through the improvement of techniques used on the ground. Other areas of interest include the effect of the low-gravity environment on combustion through the study of the efficacy of burning and control of emissions and pollutants. These findings may improve current knowledge about energy production and lead to economic and environmental benefits. Future plans are for the researchers aboard the ISS to examine aerosols, ozone, water vapor, and oxides in Earth's atmosphere, as well as cosmic rays, cosmic dust, antimatter, and dark matter in the universe. The ISS provides a location of the relatively safety of the low Earth orbit to test spacecraft systems that will be required for long-duration missions to the Moon and Mars. This provides experience in operations, maintenance, as well as repair and replacement activities on orbit, which will be essential skills in operating spacecraft farther from the Earth. Mission risk can be reduced and the capabilities of interplanetary spacecraft advanced. Referring to the Mars 500 experiment, the European Space Agency states that whereas the International Space Station is essential for answering questions concerning the possible impact of weightlessness, radiation, and other space-specific factors aspects, such as the effect of long-term isolation and confinement, 
can be more appropriately addressed via ground-based simulators. Sergei Krasnov, the head of human space flight programs for the Russian space agency, Roscosmos, in the year 2011, suggested a shorter version of the Mars 500 may be carried out on the International Space Station. In 2009, noting the value of the partnership framework itself, Sergei Krasnov wrote, When compared with partners acting separately, partners developing complementary abilities and resources could give us much more assurance of the success and safety of space exploration. The International Space Station is helping further advance near-Earth space exploration and realization of prospective programs of research and exploration of the solar system, including the Moon and Mars. A manned mission to Mars, however, may be a multinational effort involving space agencies and countries outside the current ISS partnership. In 2010, European Space Agency Director General Jean-Jacques Dordain stated his agency was ready to propose to the other four partners that China, India, and South Korea be invited to join the ISS partnership. NASA Chief Charlie Bolden stated in February 2011, any mission to Mars is likely to be a global effort. Currently, American legislation prevents NASA cooperation with China on space projects. The International Space Station crew provides opportunity for students on Earth by running student-developed experiments, making educational demonstrations, allowing for student participation in classroom versions of ISS experiments, and directly engaging students using radio, video link, and email. European Space Agency offers a wide range of free teaching materials that can be downloaded for use in classrooms. In one lesson, students can navigate a 3D model of the interior and exterior of the ISS and face spontaneous challenges to solve in real time. JAXA aims both to stimulate the curiosity of children, cultivating their spirits, and encouraging their passion to pursue craftsmanship and to heighten the child's awareness of the importance of life and their responsibilities in society. Through a series of education guides, a deeper understanding of the past and near-term future of manned spaceflight, as well as that of Earth and life, will be learned. In the JAXA Seeds in Space Experiments, the mutation effects of spaceflight on plant seeds aboard the ISS is explored. 
students grow sunflower seeds with flu on the ISS for about nine months as a start to touch the universe. In the first phase of Kibo utilization from the year 2008 to mid-2010, researchers from more than a dozen Japanese universities conducted experiments in diverse fields. Cultural activities are another major objective. Tetsu Tanaka, director of JAXA's Space Environment and Utilization Center, says, There is something about space that touches even people who are not interested in science. Amateur radio on the ISS is a volunteer program which encourages students worldwide to pursue careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics through amateur radio communication opportunities with the ISS crew. Amateur Radio on the ISS is an international working group consisting of delegations from nine countries, including several countries in Europe as well as Japan, Russia, Canada, and the United States. In areas where radio equipment cannot be used, speakerphones connect students to ground stations, which then connect the calls to the station. In May 2013, NASA Commander Chris Hadfield shot a music video of David Bowie's Space Oddity on board the station. The film was released freely on YouTube. It was the first music video ever to be filmed in space. The assembly of the International Space Station, a major endeavor in space architecture, began in November of 1998. Russian modules launched and docked robotically, with the exception of Razvet. All other modules were delivered by the Space Shuttle, which required installation by ISS and shuttle crew members using the EVAs. As of June 5, 2011, they had added 159 components during more than 1,000 hours of EVA. 127 of these spacewalks originated from the station, while the remaining 32 were launched from the airlocks of docked space shuttles. The beta angle of the station had to be considered at all times during construction, as the station's beta angle is directly related to the percentage of its orbit that the station, as well as any docked or docking spacecraft, is exposed to the sun. The space shuttle would not perform optimally above a limit called the beta cutoff. The first module of the International Space Station, Zarya, 
was launched on November 20, 1998, on an autonomous Russian proton rocket. It provided propulsion, attitude control, communications, electrical power, but lacked long-term life support functions. Two weeks later, a passive NASA module, Unity, was launched aboard Space Shuttle Flight STS-88 and attached to Zarya by astronauts during EVAs. This module has two pressurized mating adapters. One connects permanently to Zarya. The other allows the space shuttle to dock to the space station. At this time, the Russian station Mir was still inhabited. The ISS remained unmanned for two years, during which time Mir was deorbited. On July 12, 2000, Zvezda was launched into orbit. Pre-programmed commands on board deployed its solar arrays and communications antenna. It then became the passive vehicle for a rendezvous with the Zarya and Unity. As a passive target vehicle, the Zvezda maintained a station-keeping orbit as the Zarya Unity vehicle performed the rendezvous and docking via ground control and the Russian automated rendezvous and docking system. Zarya's computer transferred control of the station to Zevzda's computer soon after docking. Zevzda added sleeping quarters, a toilet, kitchen, CO2 scrubbers, dehumidifier, oxygen generators, exercise equipment, plus data, voice, and television communication with mission control. This enabled permanent habitation of the space station. The first resident crew, Expedition 1, arrived in November 2000 on Soyuz TM-31. At the end of the first day of the station, astronaut Bill Shepard requested the use of the radio call sign Alpha, which he and cosmonaut Kirkalev preferred to the more cumbersome International Space Station. The name Alpha had previously been used for the station in the early 1990s, and following the request, its use was authorized for the whole of Expedition 1. Shepard had been advocating the use of a new name to project manager for some time, referencing a naval tradition in a pre-launch news conference. He had said, For thousands of years, humans have been going to sea in ships. People have designed and built these vessels, launched them with a good feeling that a name will bring good fortune to the crew and the success of the voyage. Yuri Semenov, the president of Russian space corporation Energia at the time, 
disapproved of the name Alpha. He felt that Mir was the first space station, and so he would have preferred the name Beta or Mir 2 for the ISS. Expedition 1 arrived midway between the flights of STS-92 and STS-97. These two space shuttle flights each added segments of the station's integrated truss structure, which provided the station with KU-band communications for U.S. television. Additional attitude support needed for the additional mass of the USOS and substantial solar arrays supplementing the station's existing four solar arrays. Over the next two years, the station continued to expand. A Soyuz U rocket delivered the Piers docking compartment. The Space Shuttle Discovery, Atlantis, and Endeavour delivered the Destiny Laboratory and Quest airlock, in addition to the station's main robot arm, the Canada Arm 2, and several more segments of the integrated truss structure. The expansion schedule was interrupted by the Space Shuttle Columbia disaster in 2003 with the resulting two-year hiatus in the space shuttle program halting space station assembly. The space station and the space shuttle was grounded until 2005 with STS-114 flown by Discovery. Assembly resumed in 2006 with the arrival of STS-115 with Atlantis, which delivered the station's second set of solar arrays. Several more truss segments and a third set of arrays were delivered on STS-116, 117, and 118. As a result of the major expansion of the station's power-generating capabilities, more pressurized models could be accommodated and the Harmony Node and Columbus European Laboratory were added. These were followed shortly after by the first two components of Kibo. In March 2009, STS-119 completed the integrated truss structure with the installation of the fourth and final set of solar arrays. The final section of Kibo was delivered in July 2009 on STS-127, followed by the Russian Pusk model. The third node, Tranquility, was delivered in February 2010 during STS-130 by the Space Shuttle Endeavour, alongside the Cupola, closely followed in May 2010 by the penultimate Russian model, Resovet. Resovet was delivered by Space Shuttle Atlantis, on STS-132 in exchange for the Russian proton delivery of the Zari module in 1998, which had been funded by the United States. The last pressurized model 
of the USOS Leonardo was brought on station by Discovery on her final flight, which was STS-133, followed by the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer on the STS-134, delivered by Endeavour. As of June 2011, the station consisted of 15 pressurized modules and integrated truss structures. Still to be launched are Russian multipurpose laboratory module NAKU and a number of external components, including the European robotic arm. Assembly is expected to be completed by April 2014, by which point the station will have mass in excess of 400 tons. The gross mass of the station changes over time. The total launch mass of the modules in orbit is about 417 kilograms, or 919,000 pounds. The mass of experiments, spare parts, personal effects, crew, foodstuff, clothing, propellants, water supplies, gas supplies, dock spacecraft, and other items add to the total mass of the station. Hydrogen gas is constantly vented overboard by the oxygen generators. The ISS is a third-generation modular space station. Modular stations can be allowed the mission to be changed over time, and new modules can be added or removed from the existing structures, allowing greater flexibility. The pressurized modules. Zarya, which is Russian for dawn, is also known as the functional cargo block, or FGB, was the first module of the International Space Station to be launched. The FGB provides electrical power, storage, propulsion, and guidance to the International Space Station during the initial stage of assembly. With launch and assembly in orbit of other modules with more specialized functionality, Zarya is now primarily used for storage, both inside the pressurized section and the externally mounted fuel tanks. The Zarya is a descendant of TKS spacecraft designed for the Soviet Salyut program. The name Zarya was given to the FGB because it signified the dawn of a new era of international cooperation in space. Although it was built by a Russian company, it is owned by the United States. Zarya weighs 19,000 kilograms or 42,000 pounds, is 12.5 meters or 41 feet long, and 4 meters or 13 feet wide, not including the solar arrays. It was built from December 1994 to January 1998 in Russia at the Kurnichev State Research Development and Production Space Center in Moscow. Zarya's control system was developed by the Kartron Corp. in 
Kharkiv, Ukraine. Zarya was launched on November 20, 1998, on a Russian proton rocket from Bakonor Cosmodrome Site 81 in Kazakhstan to a 400-kilometer or 250-mile high orbit with a design lifetime of at least 15 years. After Zarya reached orbit, STS-88 launched on December 4, 1998 to attach it to the Unity module. Although only designed to fly autonomously for six to eight months, Zarya did so for almost two years due to the delays with the Russian service module, Zvezda, which was finally launched in July 12, 2000, and docked with Zarya on July 26, using the Russian Kurs docking system. The next module is Unity, or Node 1, is one of the three nodes or passive connecting modules in the U.S. orbital segment of the station. It was the first U.S.-built component of the station to be launched. Cylindrical in shape, with six berthing locations facilitating connections to other modules, Unity was carried into orbit by Space Shuttle Endeavour as the primary cargo of STS-88 in 1998. Essential space station resources, such as fluids, environmental control, and life support systems, electrical and data systems are routed through Unity to supply work and living areas of the station. More than 50,000 mechanical items, 216 lines to carry fluids and gases, and 121 internal and external electrical cables using six miles of wire were installed in the Unity node. Unity is made of aluminum. Prior to its launch aboard Endeavour, conical pressurized mating adapters, or PMAs, were attached to the aft and forward berthing mechanisms of Unity. Unity and the two mating adapters together weighed about 11,500 kilograms or 25,600 pounds. The adapters allow the docking system used by the space shuttle and the Russian modules to attach to the nodes, hatches, and berthing mechanisms. Unity was carried into orbit as the primary cargo of Space Shuttle Endeavour on STS-88, the first space shuttle mission dedicated to assembly of the station. On December 6, 1998, the STS-88 crew mated after the aft berthing port of the Unity with the forward hatch of the already orbiting Zarya module. The next pressurized module is the Zvezda, which is Russian for star, also known as DOS-8, or Service Module, or SM. It provides all of the station's critical systems, 
in addition, rendered the station permanently habitable for the first time, adding life support for up to six crew and living quarters for two. Zvezda's DMSR computer handles guidance, navigation, and control for the entire space station. A second computer, which performs the same functions, will be installed in the NACU module FGB2. The hull of Zvezda was completed in February 1985 with a major internal equipment installed by October 1986. The model was launched by a Proton-K rocket from Site-8123 at Bacanor on July 12, 2000. Zvezda is the at the rear of the station according to its normal direction of travel and orientation. Its engines are used to boost the station's orbit. Alternatively, Russian and European spacecraft can dock to Zvezda's aft port and use their engines to boost the station. Pretty ingenious. The next module is the Destiny. Destiny is the primary research facility for the United States payloads aboard the International Space Station. In 2011, NASA solicited proposals for a not-for-profit group to manage all-American science on the station, which does not relate to manned exploration. The module houses 24 international standard payload racks, some of which are used for environmental systems and crew daily living equipment. Destiny also serves as the mounting point for the station's truss structure. The next module is the Quest. Quest is the only United States operating airlock and hosts spacewalks with both United States EMU and Russian Orlan spacesuits. It consists of two segments. The equipment lock, which stores spacesuits and equipment, and a crew lock from which astronauts can exit into space. This module has a separately controlled atmosphere. Crews sleep in this module, breathing a low nitrogen mixture the night before a scheduled EVA to avoid decompression sickness, also known as the bends, in their low-pressure suits. The next module is the PIRS, which is Russian for PIR, docking module, and POSK, which is Russian for search, also known as the mini research module. PIRS and POSK are Russian airlock modules. Each of these modules have two identical hatches. An outward opening hatch on the Mir space station failed after it swung open too fast after unlatching, due to a small amount of air pressure remaining in the airlock. A different entry was used and the hatch repaired. 
all EVA hatches on the ISS open inwards and are pressure sealing. Piers was used to store, service, and refurbish Russian Orlan suits and provide contingency entry for crew using these slightly bulkier American suits. The outermost pop docking ports on both airlocks allowed docking of Soyuz and Progress spacecraft and the automatic transfer of propellants to and from storage on the ROS. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet? Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.